Hi guys, happy Friday. Welcome to PHC Presents where I present to you young Zimbabweans in professional and academic spaces. Today I'm excited to have a guest who I started knowing in 2015 when we were together in local governance, uh, specifically Rua Town Junior Council in Zimbabwe. Uh, he is still in school at MSU final year studying music, uh, music business and he is also running his own talk show and in the works he has his coaching program you know which he will fully focus on after he graduates and so i'm excited to introduce you to tendai mugate since he is well versed with just life and you know people who've been successful in what they've done to get there we do talk about that and we go into even deeper things like we actually travel back in time to the Middle Ages, the Renaissance, you know, just thinking about how how power dynamics changed in those periods, significant periods of history. And not gonna give away too much. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello Tendai, welcome to the Next Year web series. Thank you for gracing us here with your presence. Uh, thank you very much, Nyasha, for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, it's an honor. <laughs> oh, actually, it's an honor to have you. I know you've taken time out of your busy schedule. And I think for people who are curious, where does Nyasha know um, Tendai who's doing all these amazing things? Uh, where does she know him <laughs> from? <laughs> and, um, you know, for people who don't know, we met in Junior Council. And we're doing that for the Rua town. And I remember you were in the finance sector of things. And we did this very bizarre boot camp together for the <laughs> Junior Council training. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, it's funny. I always do remember that. <laughs> we can, oh, I definitely what's remember. Up, what's up, what's well, we can talk about that later and how you're still involved with Rua Town Junior Council. But first of all, tell us how you are, what you have been up to, and how things have been going for you. Yeah, to those viewers that don't know me, my name is Tendai Mungati. Yeah, most people call me Coach Tendai. Yeah, that's my, my nickname nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I'm a life and a leadership coach, transformational speaker, and the author. Yeah, that's what I've been up to uh, mostly um, these days. And I'm also a fourth year student. I'm in university studying music at the Middle State University. Listen to that, people. Listen to that. Like, how many, how is it even possible that he's doing all these things at the same time? So, I think, you know, first we want to understand how you even came to all these things. So, maybe tell us some key things about your upbringing that have brought you to where you are today. I don't know where to start. Okay. Uh, maybe let me start off to when I was, I was, I was very young. I think I was in primary school. So I'm one of those few people, I think our viewers, uh, there are viewers who have experienced this, whereby I was, I was labeled a failure in life. You know, I'm one of those people who was told I was never going to make it by my primary school teachers. Uh, so I grew up believing that. Um, so in school, I was always the mischievous one, primary school, up until high school, I think up to, up to form four, you know, because I was channeling my energy into things that were very unproductive, you know. I was good, you know, but I, I believe that I'm a failure. But uh, things then changed when I when I was now in my form four. I was transferred from the school I was at because of some mischief that I had done. Um, and then I, I was sent to high achievers coach in Borodo, Borodo Zimbabwe. Um, so I got to the school. So the school is a very, you know, motivational school. And, and, and yeah, so 
got to this school. So at this school, there is this billboard that is there by the reception. It had this quote by, by Henry Ford, which said the words, success is just an attitude. If you believe you can or you cannot, um, either way you are right. So upon seeing that quote, I started asking myself serious questions, you know, about my life, about my attitude and all of that. And um, that's when it, it hit me uh, that, you know what, um, what you believe about yourself, you know, is far much more important than what other people believe about you. It really hit me hard. So I think from then, that's when my, my, my life shifted and everything changed and for me. Um, that's, I think, a few months later, I was now reading books and, you know, <laughs> all of that stuff. But, yeah, um, how I then discovered the coaching stuff. Yeah, I, I'm sure that was the question. I was in the school library this one day. Um, so in, this, in the school library, there were these motivational books that were the. So I was, I took, I, I borrowed one by Milton Kangwendo. Um, title, I think it's Time to Unleash Your Greatness. I'm not sure of the title. Um, so as I was reading this book, um, that's when I felt this deep desire, you know, to share um, what I was sharing with, what I was reading with, with people. I still recall I started extracting a few quotes from this book. Um, sharing them with them on Twitter with a few friends and things like that. So yeah, that's how I discovered the coaching part um, of 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 me, and that's basically how I can say I discovered my purpose. So from then, yeah, that was sixteen. You know, you you can't really tell people you're a motivational speaker at, at the age of sixteen. That's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so interesting because i actually had a question about you being a life coach at a, at a young age because it's like life coach so it's almost like oh let me teach you how to go through your life and then i think you're also a young <laughs> man yourself uh so we'll go into that but uh, i just want the listeners and the viewers to know that i am also finding out this about you at the same time as them because knowing you i thought you were this honestly perfect person who just you know walked the world walked the talk and did everything right so it's i think i i can always appreciate people who always have a backstory because i think mm -hmm. that even brings more meaning to your teaching people because you've experienced life in a different way so i know you wrote on your instagram you wrote something about 2018 november that you got suspended from university for a semester and you recall yeah. coming back home, you know, a bit frustrated. And that story is for another day. I don't know if today can be the day that you can tell people a little bit about what happened there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so usually I don't talk about that story because it's, it's, um, Personal. it's quite long. Oh. Uh, yeah, as well, but yeah, it's, it's quite long because, you know, Usually people ask me about my journey, so that story is actually part of my journey. But yeah, right. how that happened was I was in my second year of university. I think it was 2-1. Um, we were writing our exams. There was this, this module that is done by every level 2-1 I mean, in university. I think it's entrepreneurship, yeah. I finished writing my exam, and I thought, oh, no, let me go to the toilet. And then I go home after that. After I visited the toilet, just as I, now I'm now walking home, this guy greets me and he's like, I know, um, dude, how are you? Uh, how was the exam? And I'm like, I know the exam was okay. And then surprisingly, the invigilators then call me and they're like, no, you are talking to someone who's, who's still writing an exam and you are giving, you are, you are giving these people answers. Yeah, you're giving this person answers, what not, what not, what not. So please come in and write a report. So yeah, I wrote a report. 
and I figured, okay, I think Paul, everything is now okay. You know, the report, I, I was honest. After, the, you know, my results actually came, you know, and then I think about a month later, now coming back for the next semester, I'm trying to register. I'm at school now. My parents have sent me money for school fees. I'm trying to register. My e-learning is not working. It's refusing. And then I then go to my student email. I'm like, I know I want to appeal to the university that my, my email is not working. Right. That's when I then, to my surprise, I received an email um, that was saying that I have been suspended for two good semesters and my results for the previous semester had been nullified. So imagine you are, if you, your parents have paid fees and, and all of that and you get this amazing email, this shocking email, you mm-hmm. know. Um, right now, it's it's funny that I'm actually able to speak about it because at times I can't, you know, I get emotional and all, right, and all. Right. Yeah, but you remember, I couldn't even, um, I still, when I received um, the message, I was like, who could I tell? I couldn't, I couldn't um, call my parents or even my friends. It took me, I think, about two days because I, sp- I spent two days sleeping. I didn't know what to do or anything. So, but yeah. That's what happened with that, with uh, with that suspension. So I had to pack my bags and go home, <laughs> and go back home. Before I then went home, I, I had to visit the office that is responsible for handling suspensions, and I managed to negotiate with them. And my sentence was reduced to one semester, and uh, my results then came back. But the thing that I was now being accused of is that I couldn't come for the disciplinary hearing, whatever meeting that they. That was held because um, it was said because there were some emails that were sent on my student email asking me to come for the hearing, which I didn't come. Um, but safe, the thing that made me safe was that the guy that greeted me yeah, admitted that he never knew me. So I had right. it, it was right for me to 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 be for my results to go and whatnot and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, so, but yeah, that's how that whole story uh, went about, you know, the suspension, but that's I how it went. That's the frustrating thing almost about the yeah. justice system that it's the crimes that people actually didn't commit that they come after mm-hmm. you for, you know, like you're at the roadblock yeah. and you do something really silly and then it's like, it's a problem, but people who are actually doing corrupt, harmful things are getting away with it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sorry about that. But I mean, looking back, I'm sure it was an opportunity for you to grow. I don't know if that's when your coaching also began. And so since, you know, we are now at a more positive note and you've moved on, what do you think it was about, you know, we're calling it a sentence that was most unfair or saddening or, you know, um, enraging to you? Is Was it about the time you missing out and then your peers are ahead of you and then or was it about you not having done anything wrong like what was it about the sentence that was that took you two days to even process okay so (laughs) when i was sentenced you know firstly i think there were a lot of things that that really hit me hard you know in terms of okay um, as, as you mentioned, you're no longer learning with your peers. I now had to go into a class that's now behind me. That's one. And uh, number two, you're coming back home. You had not planned to be home. Like when I came back home, I still remember that I, I spent about two weeks. Imagine I'm just sleeping, waking up, sleeping, mm-hmm. eating, mm-hmm. 
and and things like that bathing right. and then i come back sleep watch movies and things like that so it was sort of like the moment of depression you know right. um yeah so it was a whole lot of emotion at the same time you know and you are trying also to be strong because i'm also known as a coach you know and then right. then <laughs> yeah. you know, trying to be strong and, and all of that you know you've got people coming to, to you and they're asking you for advice and you and you are maybe in the same situation that they are in and and but at that time even my own advice the advice that I was giving people I was trying by all means to like okay man <laughs> how do it's I get tough. out of this situation yeah yeah I myself I'm, I'm having challenges applying mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. it was really a uh, and and a very painful season but yeah it it it, it at the end of it all we we managed to pull out of and that's the thing about real life i mean you have your pastor you have the president you have whoever they are also going through their own struggles even though they have to come every day to the congregation and say you know praise the lord or whatever or they have to you know lead the country and i think that's the best thing about leadership that is getting up when you fall and i think it's also something i was talking about with um i don't know if the person wants me to mention it but i remember talking to someone about how life is not a constant but even as a coach you're going to go through your own you know weird function in life where your path is going anywhere that it's meant to take you with all this experience you now have with life coaching and talking to people students what are some of the great life lessons that you know you would like to share with us interesting all right um so our uh, lessons all right i think i i mentioned one of them um, right. as i shared about um, whereby I, i said i was labor of failure i think the the key lesson um i i, sh- I should share with people is about uh, the importance of believing in yourself and what you believe about yourself is far much more important than what other people believe about you you know there are going to be people that are going to label you a failure um that are going to tell you that you can do something you know i have i've been told that i've personally experienced that but at the end of the day it's their opinion you know it's 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 what's what's important is about what you believe about yourself not what other people you know um believe about you you know let's look let's think of um all of the successful people we might we might think of you know the steve jobs the thomas edison you know they were told that they could not make it let's talk of oprah winfrey she was told that she's a bad news anchor but today we can talk about media without mentioning oprah so yeah that's one key lesson uh, and then number 2 would be i don't know if i can if i can call it a lesson or maybe it's a principle or a law something um it has to do with the mind that um mindset is important in the attainment of success everything starts and ends in the mind there's this law um i and i would recommend uh, your viewers to 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 pay very much attention to this law it's called the law of attraction um and it's documented in in the in the book the secret yeah um and i would recommend your viewers to watch that so this law um, the law of attraction simply states that um everything that is happening in our lives we have attracted it into our lives through three things um our thoughts our feelings and our actions the law of attraction basically um it talks about the mindset that if you want to attract good things into your life you know you have to envision it first you know so basically this is talking about the mindset you know um, because at the end of the day 
Um, for you to win with your hands, you have to win with your mind. So this is, I feel like, a lesson that we have to learn that let's think positive things up there. You know, for me to be on this show, you know, um, they, it's it's attraction. Some way, somehow, it happened. <laughs> you know, um, so Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then the third thing I'll talk about is, is decisions. And this is something that I've learned personally um, with the experience that I have encountered that our lives are shaped by the decisions that we make, you know, the quality for, of our lives are shaped by the quality of the decisions that we make. You know, if you make poor um, decisions, at the end of the day, you will, you have a poor life. Um, and then I think the last one I would share, because this, uh, this will then become a motivational show. So, yeah, uh, desire. Uh, I learned this from, from myself that if you truly want something, you have to desire it as bad as you want to breathe. You know, and there's this story. Of, yeah. So there's this story of uh, Socrates and Aristotle. Uh, I'm not sure who it was between the two, but I, I'm sure it's Aristotle who wanted mentorship from Socrates. So Aristotle approached Socrates and was like, no, um, Soc, I, I would want you to mentor me. And Socrates was like, oh, cool, man, let's do this. Um, and then um, he was told, okay, let's meet by the river tomorrow. And then Aristotle was happy and was like, no, let's do this. And then tomorrow came. So this is what happened. Um, Aristotle arrives at the river. They had, they had a little bit of a conversation, but Sok then took Aristotle's head and put it in water, you know, and, you know, Aristotle started complaining, you know, trying to get his head out of water. And then after a few minutes, the head was pulled out and, you know, Aristotle started complaining, hey, Sok, you want to kill me? This is not what I came to you for, blah, 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 blah. But um, Sok was just chilled. You know, this mentorship guys, you know, <laughs> they were just chilled. And then, you know, and then I was like, okay, are you done? And uh, yeah, the was like, yes, I'm done. And then, then he asked them this question. Well, at least your head was in water. What really did you want? And he was like, ah, I wanted to breathe. Then he was like to Aristotle, you know what, young man, the same way you were desiring to breathe is the same way that you should desire to achieve success. Yeah, this is an important lesson for our viewers that whatever goal that you have, whatever dream that you had, you need to you need to desire it as bad as you want to breathe and you achieve it. Yeah, I think that would be my last point. <laughs> I have to be honest, like when you started talking about those things, I saw the coach come out of you and just, you know, <laughs> manifest um, throughout the whole period you were talking. And, you know, very excellent points you're talking about. And they are universal. Like, literally, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, who you are. Those are very important things. Believing in yourself. And they all feed into each other, right? Like, once you believe in yourself and then you set your mindset right, then now you're starting to desire the goal more and you work hard and you're disciplined. I just wanted to clarify a little bit with the law of attraction because I was mm -hmm. thinking about how some things which are unfair which happen like mm -hmm. what happened to you what happens to everybody i just wanted people to know that it's it's not your fault like maybe you it you attracted it in some way but it's not your fault because i know that can yeah, be a sensitive yeah. topic but maybe let me just add well when you were talking about having the desire i really thought about discipline as well which i think is something you've also written and i know you have your own quotes that have that are like okay close by tendai mungate and stuff <laughs> coach um and i think you wrote something about you know discipline and being some doing what needs to be done even when you don't want to and i think you know sometimes when you desire something there are obstacles but you still need to have that discipline that 
you need to do whatever it takes to get there. Um, but also I was, I really loved that you mentioned, you know, some of the key people. And I think it's always important to study how people got to where they are. So I know you mentioned, you know, Socrates, um, Aristotle, Plato, Oprah. If you don't mind, I want to ask, I just want to know what you think, but how do you think race plays into success? because I'm sure you've studied many people, you know, um, the philosophers that we know, most of them are of European descent. And then, you know, there are more Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerbergs than they are Oprah's. So how do you think race plays into it, especially knowing kind of the origins like that, maybe from the Middle Ages, the Renaissance, do you think the color of your skin actually determines your success or it's like something that was manufactured since race was invented <laughs> it's okay. a tough question um, all right um so um in regards to race i think maybe there was a time when when that was very what well, was it it's maximum you know but i don't think now it's it's, it's actually working you know because we've got if, if i may put it black people who have now become successful, you know, who have um, changed the world. We have actually proved that whether or not I'm white, whether I'm black, we can all make it. So for me, I think nowadays it's now about a mindset issue. It's it's not really about where you are coming from or where, where you were born. No, it's, it's now about a mindset issue because you might be born in Africa, but that's not um, a limiting factor to stop you from achieving success, you know. Being in Africa is actually an added advantage for some people. It depends with how you're looking at it. Yeah, so that, that would be my answer. What do you think then, just think, because Africans were the first people on the planet, you know, according to history, just knowing what you know about life and how some people can have a leg up other people because of their attitude or circumstances, how, and I think you've studied a little bit of, you know, ancient history or whatever, because <laughs> Africans, we were the first people on the planet. So what do you think was the tipping point when it was now like, oh, Europeans are now doing this and, you know, Africans are now behind or whatever? Um, I think that there's this book that I once read. It's not really, I can't say it's a history book, but it, 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 it captures some principles maybe that can contribute to this. It's called The Capitalist Nigger. Um, yeah. So um, in this book, <laughs> I love where this is going. <laughs> right. So um, in this book, um, the author, I think it's Chica, Chica something, I'm forgetting the synonym. Yeah, but um, he talks about how Africans maybe are limited, you know, in, t in terms of information and exposure and whatnot, and how we are colonized, uh, you know, at, at times and how, um, yeah, I'm, I'm forgetting, you know, the whole story behind it. But yeah, he talks about that. So I would say, um, answering your question in reference to that book, and what gives other people an advantage? I think it's, it's, as I said, it goes back to the mindset, you know, because some of those people, you know, like, let's talk of the Indians, you know, when, when the child is actually growing up, they are already wired in some way. And for, for us Africans at times, we, we are not, we are, we are being programmed. Like, for instance, like, let's look at our educational system. 
we are being programmed to be employees, you know, like right now that's when things are now changing and they're like, okay, um, let's introduce this in schools, let's introduce that. But back then it was, you, you just go to school, you get your A-level, you go, you get your degree and you get a job. But now that's when we are being convinced that you can be an entrepreneur, you can be a life coach at the age of 21. Back those days, there was nothing like that. So f- from this book, there is what is called the spiderweb doctrine. It should be the Indians, or I'm not sure who they are, but they 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 used to get um the, the buildings in America. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, you know, because some of most it is say that um from, according to their book that they have a strategy whereby they sort of like they come into a place, they maybe buy one one building, and then by the end of maybe 30 years later, they are like okay. They have bought like the whole block, you know, wow. and it's called the spider doctrine, whereby they are, they are sort of like, it's sort of like they they take something, you know, and it remains within their web, right, you know, something. Right. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I think that's that's the mindset that you know the Europeans, the Chinese, the the, the have embraced, and I think it's time even us as Africa we, we embrace that one, and we also tell ourselves we can go to America and buy buildings. <laughs> it's a mindset thing for <laughs> you know i think the moment you mentioned even the title of the book i got very excited mm-hmm. the capitalist nigger because i think it is capitalism because when you mm-hmm. when you are taking over those resources whether you're buying or whatever it's gonna be at the expense of somebody and you're gonna you are you're uplifting yourself meaning somebody is losing out and that's capitalism mm-hmm. and i think yeah that's the answer like that's how europeans got a leg over that's how men got you know an advantage that's why we have it's all exploitation like for someone to succeed through capitalism someone has to lose out a woman has to stay behind and take care of the kids while the men benefits you know the white people have to be the ones with the privilege the ones who are considered the if a white person were to show up at your town council everyone would be like do you need water do you need this oh my gosh you yeah. don't have to go through all the mud things that we went through i mean probably elder men maybe would make the person do that but you know they would still get that kind of treatment <laughs> So I'm so happy we talked about this because when you talk about mindset, I think one of the biggest struggles with us Zimbabweans or Africans or whatever, people who have been oppressed is because we are now buying into it. This is, these were all constructs that were built by people in order to exploit. So believe in yourself, no matter what you see in the world, you are definitely capable. Let's go maybe into some rapid fire questions before we jump back into some of the things that important things that we want to continue with okay so quickly i have to ask what your favorite music is music yeah <laughs> okay uh, uh for me i'm a musician so um uh, okay i would say jazz jazz yeah jazz wow okay. fancy who is your favorite jazz musician jazz musician um yeah there are many yeah right yeah but uh i i can't really pick one because yeah i just like pick five you know. pick five I <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe let's narrow it down a little bit do you like more because jazz you know it originated from african-americans do you like yeah. that version or do you like because there's also afro jazz there's so which one is like more your lay uh, all of them now that's why i said i can choose an artist <laughs> That's very unfair. It's fine. 
Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm an introvert, but people get surprised. What's the coolest thing about being a drummer? Yeah, that's yeah, that I never expected that one. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, maybe if you had asked me two years back, I would say the girls, but. Um, <laughs> How are the girls involved? Yeah, it's 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 just you. You don't need to say too much, you know. It's it it does the magic. Uh, but now being behind the set, you know, I'm just giving life to the music. I, I would say I think that's the, for now nowadays. I think that would be the cool thing to me because that's what I'm now focused more. What's your favorite dish? Uh, me, I'm simple rice and chicken. You, my life will be ministered to. <laughs> Okay. You said you watched a lot of movies when uh, you were on a break from school. So what's one of your favorite movies from that period? Do I still remember? <laughs> okay. Favorite actor and actress, or maybe just actor. Denzel Washington. No, that's too obvious, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you asked me my favorite actor. Yeah. It be yeah almost every Zimbabwean guy I've talked to, it's always Denzel Washington. I don't know what he does, but what's it about him? Maybe what's it about Denzel Washington? Uh, no, no, for me, I, I would say mate, the way he just speaks. Like for me, I'm, you know, being a speaker as well, the way he just right. portrays, you know, it, it makes you feel mm-hmm. like, yeah. And also Will Smith. Yeah. No, cliche. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, I know. Yes. Or oh, you want me to say Kevin Hart, maybe. <laughs> I actually like Kevin Hart. He's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I started yeah. liking him recently. Like he's also doing his own interviews with people mm-hmm. and I found, find them really cool. He's really profound. Uh, but I want to yeah, yeah. talk about, maybe talk about the people who inspire you in your craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are living who are living yes because <laughs> you know Socrates I was like you'd be like oh Aristotle so, no <laughs> the first one would be I think would be Milton Kangwendo because it's the one who got me to be doing what I'm doing right now the speaking the writing the coaching the what is um, is a great inspiration Les Brown would be the second one um, John C. Maxwell <laughs> yeah um, and then maybe yeah, Oprah. Oprah is a, is a person who inspires me a lot. I actually have a picture of her on my wall. Wow. Um, she, she inspires me a lot. Yeah, music-wise, there's a guy called um, Sir Matauri here in Zimbabwe. He's a very um, amazing drummer. Yeah, I think those, those five would be on my top list. Wow. And then there's a guy. If I don't mention this one, I will die. He's called Blessing Chimanga. Yeah, yeah, that one uh, he inspires me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my, my, one of my mentors. Yeah, I... I Interesting. I, I love how your list is very diverse. Like there are people in the 70s, people younger, people, you know, that's good. And I think as a fellow interviewer, obviously Oprah is almost like the Bible to interviewing and just television. So I want to talk about faith. I know you said you were coming from church today and um, you're, you know, really involved with the congregation. I, yeah, tell me what part that has played in your life. Um, uh, for me, faith, I think it's, 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 the, uh, it's the most important thing. Um, and my life revolves around God. And I have made it my personal commitment to, to serve him with uh, my abilities, with my gifts. You know, because um, it's, it's actually a principle that I learned that if, if you serve God, you will serve you. Um, whatever gift that I have, be it coaching, be it music, 
I always try my best to to serve God with my gifts because I know one day you will serve me. So even with the interviews that I do, you know, people get surprised. How did you link up with that? How did you link up with that person? You know, it's it's all of that. It's as a result of serving God and 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 things. I can't really explain, you know, at times because how I connect with some of these people is actually funny. You know, it can be through a Facebook message and then mm-hmm. they're like, no, I'm coming to the show, blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I credit that to God because at the end of the day, he's the one who who has um, altered my life, you know, so yeah. This is something that I wanted to talk about with someone that I interviewed as well, but I think we ended up talking about it off air. So what do you think it is that makes church kind of not cool in society? I think um, it's pretty much simple for me. The church has, has for over the years, it has portrayed this perfecto image, you know, that, you know, we have to be perfect, you know, we have to be like Christ and, and things like that, which is good. You know, I, I totally agree and support that. But at the end of the day, in our fight to be perfect, we, 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 we are human beings. We are not perfect. We make mistakes, you know, but uh, most of the time, you know, when, when you then go to church, you know, you get judged. And, and I think that's one thing that has made Christianity very uncool. Because, yeah, the, the judgment, yeah, yeah it, it, right. at times it's, it's not necessary, you know. Trying to keep because up. At the end, because at the end of the day, you want, mm-hmm, you want sinners to come to church. But how then do they come to church if, you know, the moment they come into church, you are looking to them, you are looking at them with this eye. It's, it's, it's not right. So I think that the judgment part and the wanting to be perfect. At the end of the day, we are, no, we are not all perfect, yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be my take in regards to that. I think it aligns with the uh, success and life purpose reaching thing mm-hmm. that we've been talking about, which is, or even being afraid of entrepreneurship, right? Because I think if mm-hmm. society wants like a perfect thing, then how, that's why some people will shy away from entrepreneurship because it's like, you're afraid that people are going to judge you. People are going to think, oh, you're not doing this perfect. You're not doing it the Oprah way. Yet you really are supposed to fail and pick yourself up. It really mirrors real life as well. The only way you can reach your purpose, it's you don't have to be a perfect person. You can be a completely imperfect person if you think of Shakespeare and actually now that I've talked about Shakespeare I just remembered something you talked about when you were talking about um the important life lessons you talked mm-hmm. about how the capitalist nigger as well you talked about how we have little information as Africans I know this is mm-hmm. such a tangent but I have to fill it in <laughs> you talked about how there's such little information and I'm just remembering that I think that's also one of the reasons why the people with the upper hand, people can have an upper hand is because they have information, they can read, they can learn from people's previous mistakes. Mistakes, they are not great, but they help people to not relive the same things. There was Shakespeare, you know, lit- there was so much, there's a lot more literature for, you know, Europeans or white people or, you know, I don't know, people in Asia. And then in Africa, it's almost like, you know, um, not many authors. You can literally count them on your fingers. You know, Charles Mungoshi, David Mungoshi, um, Titidangarembuka, Chimamanda. You know, everybody knows Chimamanda. There's not much yeah. competition there. And that's not cool. You know, we need to record and document things, um, which is why it's super cool. Your show as well, which is like success talks. And then you hear people talking that, yeah, I wasn't in a great spot. Like I started 
you know, in a basement or whatever, doing something for a small family business. And then suddenly they promoted me to this and I had no skills, but I had to learn quickly. And so life is not perfect. Yeah. So thank you for sharing about the faith. I want to talk about challenges facing the Zimbabwean youth since you are in touch with them and, you know, educating them, going, giving them the motivation they need to keep to move forward. So what do you think have been, are some of the greatest challenges facing Zimbabwean youth? Zimbabwean youth, I think the biggest one, (laughs) we all know it, um, the elephant in the room, employment. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. one has has been has been one of the biggest problems I have had to even deal with in terms of as a coach. People come up with entrepreneurship, you know, ventures, or just trying to help people discover who they are, you know, because at the end of the day, um, you have people who have gone to university and, you know, they have studied, you know, they've got the degrees, but hey, no job. They are seated at home. And then right. they come to me, coach, what could I do with my life? You mm. know, and you start having this conversation. Okay, right. you know, other than you, you can do this, you can do this. And then the other problem that I am since realizing that uh, most youths are facing, uh, this one is a bit motivational. I didn't want to go there, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, but, by all um, means... Okay, but uh, but I, I've since realized that um, I, this, this one is coming from a coach perspective. Yeah, right. so that's why um, you're here. <laughs> right. I'm um, number two. I've since realized that most young people they they come to me asking me a question around how do I discover my purpose? You know, things to do with self awareness. Mm. You know, um, one can go to school. They can be. Uh, have their masters they can have their their degree but at the end of the day is that what their purpose to do you know right. because each and every one of us born for a purpose for a reason you know um the japanese call it what that's the, the what the ikangai that's the word they use to describe purpose yeah so which simply translates to reason for being um that's another problem i've seen in young people number two is just that self-awareness of knowing who you are and and as a coach i think yeah i've tried my best to work with people helping them identify their purpose and things like that and then number three challenges youth are facing things to do with finances is unemployment as well yeah, it comes from the unemployment, you know, but like things to do with whereby you're saying one wants to start a business, they have no mm, capital, right? Things like that, you know. Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. as a coach, you then you then help them think outside of the box, and you're like, okay, let's try another thing. Let's say, let's do this, let's do this to try raise capital and things like that. So that's one of the key things that I've seen for drug abuse, you know, substance abuse. You know, I've had to do some sessions with young people whereby we are just trying to help them yeah, move away from, from drug abuse. So I would say those are the problems I have, I have seen to be the problems that young people are facing. Yeah. It sounds like you're doing the Lord's work. Like people come with their myriad of problems. There's not a specific person who's like, oh, you know, I just want help with like books or whatever. People are coming with all, all of their problems. That's crazy. And you are also a young person. So um, for you to have that wisdom yeah. to be helping people, I think they are, they've definitely put you in a pressure cooker and you are really mm-hmm. cooking up really fast. And, you know, by the time we get to your age, we'll still be struggling. And you'll be like, oh, I'm yeah. actually, you can just do that. So that's cool. Good for you. What do you think is your vision for yourself, though, going forward? <laughs> okay. Um, in terms of what? How many years are you giving me? 
<laughs> you can give whatever time frame you want to give. All right. Um, in terms of my career, uh, my, my desire is, is, in fact, the vision that I have is, is, is for me to, to, to tap into international waters. Yeah, um, the shows, the, the, the coaching that I do. Yeah, um, that's, that's the vision that I have. And yeah, maybe one day you may just see me on Oprah Winfrey's show. We just uh, don't know, but yeah, <laughs> that's where we are working at. Yeah, yeah, business-wise, starting a few ventures that I that I have in mind. Hopefully, then they'll be successful. And coaching-wise, more influence in terms of uh, impacting more lives. At the end of the day, that's what I want because that's that's my purpose, you know. Um, right. So. Um, it would be to make more impact, you know, to transform lives, many lives as, as, as I can transform. Mm-hmm. That's because that's the big, big, you know, as I do the shows, as I do the coaching, as I even start my own business, is at the end of the day, we want people's lives to be transformed. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other avenue for you to transform people's life is junior council. So what mm-hmm. made you want to go back and work um, with the Rua Town Council and how has that experience been for you? So far, I can say it's, it's been good, right? Um, but what made me make the decision of going back to council, it, it moves hand in hand with, with my, my, my purpose of transforming lives and inspiring young people. I would feel that, I don't know how to put it across, but there was just this thing in me that I was like, no, you need to give back. Plus, uh, Rural Junior Council played a pivotal role in my journey. Um, I'm sure you can agree with me, the experience that we got there, the leadership, the organizational development, you know, and the professionalism and whatnot. All of those things were foundational for the things that I do now. It, it's just a way of also giving back to my community, um, not only to Junior Council, but to Rural at large, you know, in helping raise the future leaders of Rural. Do you feel like you are missing, this is a question you actually asked someone on your show, I think your latest episode. Do you think you're missing out on anything or like your peers are still doing certain things and other people have like Instagrams, you know, going to parties, traveling and yours is like success talks. So how does that feel? How does, <laughs> yeah, it's like these guests that you're talking to and changing lives and people are like, what? Yeah. So tell me about that. Uh, okay. Um, honestly speaking, I think I, I will just respond the way the same way that my guest responded. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But but I, you know, I, I I think it's the same thing. Why? Because um, discovering your purpose at a, at a young age and pursuing it, it it gives you that sort of sort of like focus to you are no longer even even if someone is going to say let's go hang out let's go do that you know to you it's like okay even if i don't do that i have other important things to do at the end of the day you know you value your time you know because like for me time is something that is very important what i do with my time um should be adding value to me should be adding value to someone else's life you know at the end of the day so i would say for me it's about priorities because what you prioritize you allocate time for so yeah i don't feel like i'm missing out i'm i feel like i'm actually doing the world a very good job <laughs> by pursuing my purpose at the end of the day Love um yeah so yeah so um, i think it's one thing that i would recommend even to young people that yeah prioritize do do it's, it's good to have fun uh, mm-hmm, but sure. it's also important to prioritize things and to use your time wisely you know because you won't be in university all of your life you won't mm-hmm. be at the position that you are the whole of your life you also have a future to build you also have 
um, dreams to follow. And some of the people you might be hanging around with right now, they might not be in your life in the next five years. It's actually something that I learned that I learned from Newton Kangwendo. He has this quote, which, which says that um, rather than working hard at impressing people that are passing by, um, work hard to impress your future. You know, so it's something that I grasped wow. at a very young age. I, I've been living by it, you know. So, yeah, um, that would be my answer. That priorities, don't impress people that are passing by. Work hard to impress your future. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. <laughs> I want to know, like, just with how this, you know, this person you are with all these, you know, full ideas, who are you? It's what. What's the dynamic between you and your peers at school in uni? In uni, I think um, I, I always portray myself as an ordinary person. I don't like using the word or even being called coach. People are the ones that call me coach mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm just an ordinary person. I just, you know, you know, doing what everyone else is doing. What do you, you talked about the importance of having fun. So what have you been doing for fun lately? For fun. What do um, serious usually, people who think about life deeply, what do they do for fun? People want to know. <laughs> Yeah, as I told you, I think music for me is, is something that uh, I always take time to listen to music just for refreshing. Okay, I've got many friends, but uh, few friends. I think you get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I've got a small circle. From time to time, we do hang out, you know, um, just go, refresh, um, have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like practice um, the dances for the weddings? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like belly. <laughs> Sorry yeah, for mentioning like that. that in public, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah there yeah, are things like that you know you know those are some of the things that i do you know because at the end of the day friends are important you know um they need me i need them so it's it's good to always create that time to 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 just have you know these conversations just have fun and not be all business business every time right. but just to have fun okay as we close up maybe tell people projects that you want to spotlight and where people can find you um, I'll okay. put it in the description. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah, there's a new talk show. It's called Success Talks with Coach T. Mungate. Yeah, it's a personal development talk I show. wonder who that is. Um, yeah. Who? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Coach T. Mungate. <laughs> Okay, yeah, uh, this other guy, this other guy. Yeah, so um, it's it's a talk show that um, a personal development talk show that that's just just designed to inspire and motivate people. Yeah, so it's it's a talk show that we we started um, about a year ago, but we we were doing our sessions on WhatsApp, but we moved away from WhatsApp. No, not moved away per se, but we just decided to grow our influence, and we started doing videos um, of those interviews that we we had been doing. Yeah, so that's one thing that I would say I'm I'm doing, I'm working on. Uh, number two, huh, the things that I'm working on, there are a lot of things. Yeah, but um, <laughs> the coaching, of course, uh, I do private coaching sessions. I think this is, the success talks is what I'm really focused on right. these days. You know that. Yeah, so where can we find you for that? Facebook, um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Success talks with Coach Timgate. And um, for my personal handles, it's Coach Timungate everywhere. For Facebook, it's Tendai Mungate. Coach, it's been wonderful having you here. Um, I think we covered everything and we went all the way back in time. It's been very profound. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. It was an honor being on your show. Please keep doing what you're doing. You know, I've been following most of, I think I've watched 
all of them not uh, maybe i might have missed one but i've watched all of them and yeah keep bringing us these amazing stories from zimbabwe and the world and may your show grow you know and and keep influencing more people we love what thank you're doing you. thank you you're most welcome i almost cried oh my gosh let me cry <laughs> off camera